to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 347 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vince? What's going on, brother? I don't know if the people out there have been paying attention. I know you ain't been paying attention, <laughs> but I've been paying attention. Uh-huh. And your boy got another two predictions dead on. I told you Burchelt was done, son, <laughs> and he done, son. Yeah. And I gave you that seventh-round knockout on Warrington. The white boy summer coming back around, player. It's coming back around. Dude, you got to let me know when you play some bets on this stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, nah, it just comes to me, man. I just got to get it out, player. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Well, I guess I did know. <laughs> I can't sit here and say I didn't know the fight was happening because I previewed it. <laughs> and you edited the show where I made said prediction. Yes. Um, I also made the same prediction. So... <laughs> It uh it went well. Um, did you end up betting on it? I didn't. No, that's you know. Yeah, well, that's, typical. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> you guys want you guys want a winner. I'm not gonna touch it, but you guys have at it. It's noble of you to be like, you know what, guys? I can't handle the weight of all these wins. I do it for the fans, Ken. Exactly for the fans. <laughs> uh, exactly. So Kiko Martinez uh, gets knocked out. Hopefully, that's the end of that. Uh, Tim Zhu. Puts on a bit of a show with Terrell Gauchet. Um, and we got some news on the Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua rematch front from the Isle of Asian Alabama. As Devin, as Devin Haney. If that ain't a son bitch. <laughs> as Devin Haney has, uh, has given in, has realized that if he wants to actually... Uh, you know, walk the walk behind all that talk that he has been spraying for the last fucking two years, then he was going to have to concede and go, well, hey, I have all the fucking belts. This is what you talk about wanting. <laughs> if you want them, you're going to have to come and get them. Yep. Um, so Devin Haney and George Cambosis will do the deal this summer. So uh, things are lining up for a stretch of episodes here as well. Let's just say it's going to be complicated, but we're going to try to spit out 12 or 13 in a row. You think it's possible? Uh, I highly doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a run that we haven't gone on in the last uh, 18 months. I believe I have the stamina. (laughs) (laughs) I I possess the vigor. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a blue chew before every episode. We'll be good. <laughs> Fucking blue chew. I'm on blood pressure medicine, man. <laughs> trying to kill me over here. I'm a fucker trying to put a put a Mentos in a fucking Coke. I'm tr- I'm already saying enough dumb shit. I don't need to lose the fucking blood up here to anywhere else. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. So it's a kind of all over the place episode, as you can tell. Typically, the mood and the atmosphere, the ambiance of an episode of The Boxing Rant is going to be dictated by the strain of weed <laughs> that is ingested uh, prior to recording. Yeah, I don't think people realize what a factor that that has played in the history of the show. <laughs> oh, we got a hold of some silly stuff this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be real silly. We're going to be real fucking silly. I know you guys like some silly boys out there, don't you? Oh. <laughs> Calm down with that, sir. 
So welcome to episode 347 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We'll give it a good faith effort. We're going to give it our best shot. Yeah, right. that's what we always do. We, <laughs> exactly. We always say, before you go in, make sure you pump the lead to the tip of the pencil. <laughs> <laughs> right? Prime it. Always prime it. Yes. Always. Indeed. Uh, so it's the 347th episode of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Subscribe anywhere audio podcasts are available uh, rate and review. Uh, we really appreciate that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in particular. Subscribe to the video version of the show on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. And support the show. Patreon.com backslash Boxing Rant. All right, Vin, let's head across the pond mm-hmm. for none other than it was pure mayhem and pandemonium. <laughs> You would have thought that this stadium was for, let's say, the super elite talents of Abubu Andrade. Or, <laughs> you know, was this even perhaps a Charlo brother? No. No, it was not. This indeed was Josh Warrington versus Kiko Martinez Part 2. And, dude, I thought I was watching Frotch Groves 2. It had this feel like it was... A way bigger fight than it actually was. I mean, coming into the preview of this thing, yeah. it was kind of clown fest. Like, dude, Kiko's shot. Fucking Josh doesn't deserve the fucking fight. No. <laughs> so what? Why are why, why is this happening? Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to question the uh, the mindset of the Leeds individuals out there. Nah, those dudes are just fucking wild, man. That's just a wild ass crowd. And yeah, we're watching it, and I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like. This I know this isn't a big fight to anybody in the States, and it's not to me. Like I'm just watching it purely for what I feel like is going to be what we ended up getting in the fight, which was just mayhem yeah. and destruction. Slobber knocker. Yeah. But the, the crowd is it's just unfucking believable You got to appreciate those environments that are created for those type of fights. That's a domestic-level fight. But in this country, you don't even rarely get those. I mean, Canelo creates that type of atmosphere. You know, you used to get it in, on Puerto Rican Day in, in, at MSG with Cotto. And there's certain fighters that create good atmospheres. But there's not Josh Warrington-level guys doing that. Like, you bought, brought up Boo Boo. Boo Boo's, you know, putting 4,500 people in a seat, and 1,500 of them are comped. You know, and, and there's like, – it's, it's You think they could fit 4,500 in that nightclub? I don't know. The bleachers <laughs> come out pretty far. They roll out. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, man, that was a uh, – I think that fight, I would say, went exactly, exactly how I expected it was going to go. I just couldn't help but look at that fucking Kiko during that fight. And he looked like – what was the uh, the Mario Kart character <laughs> with the shell on? Bowser? Yeah, Bowser. He just looked like Bowser hunched all over. His back all looked like a turtle shell. Arms all short, just winging shots. <laughs> it, was just, it was just tough to watch. And he just took a battering, dude. An absolute battering. Yeah, you know how Tyson Fury's skin jiggled yeah. when Deontay Wilder would hit him anywhere? I mean, in particular, the shoulder. The, the, vibe, <laughs> the vibrations and the reverberations just fucking... You know, it's like throwing a throwing a pebble into a flaccid pond. I just imagine Bill Cosby watching that, looking like, look at that jello. Mm. Well, in in this case, with Kiko Martinez taking on, you know, that he wasn't as fat with the muffin, uh, you know, the muffin sludge as Tyson Fury, but this extra layer of skin, and I was like, what is that? He looks like, yeah, he does. He looks like a hunched over turtle shell with a layer of penis wrinkle. <laughs> 
pulled over top of it. I didn't see that, but now that you're saying it. Yeah, I was like, man, he's got like this penis wrinkle there. Like, <laughs> it's like this loose skin. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man, but that's what happens when you get older. Your skin gets saggy. So I just imagine as I get older, right? And I think I'm older than Kiko, I think. But Kiko be looking rough. It can be looking rough. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm too hairy. I won't be seeing like that penis wrinkle, like fucking <laughs> that translucence. <laughs> oh, poor Kiko. He's taking a beating on this show. Uh, he's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Kiko, man. Hey, look, dude. Dude's a baller, a warrior. He is. Um, he is. <laughs> none of us can help what happens. As we get older, you know, <laughs> we can only put our best foot forward. The guy doesn't deserve the disrespect he just got, it but it happens. It's, I not, mean. it's not disrespect. It's <laughs> we're fucking fans. We're idiots, in particular me. <laughs> um, but dude, the motherfucker returned to his his exercise bike like two days after the fight. He was, black eyes and all. He was busted up, dude. Both he was busted up early. Both eyelids cut, and he just I don't know, man, just wait. And dude, Warrington had a fucking broken jaw. Yeah. That's that's wild. That tells you what what both of those fighters are, at this point. I, you know, even Warrington got that, but even though he got that belt, I think it's about it's about over for him too. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, did you see how fucking stiff? Oh, yeah. Josh looked when he came out, dude. That first round, he was just like, hmm. I was like, is he holding in a fucking shit? What yeah, is going dude, on? He's got a fucking deuce bad man. He didn't get it out before he put his girdle on. <laughs> Um, but he came out winging shots, and you know, man, when you're when you're fighting a shot fighter, all all accolades, and you know, I mean, Kiko Martinez has had a tough, rugged career. He's had big fights along the way. Yeah. But this dude is a fucking shadow of himself, right? And if a shadow of Josh Warrington um, beat the shadow of Kiko Martinez, I, I don't really know what that means. But I liked it. <laughs> it was fun to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Let's bring it back to, well, I guess it's fucking, where else? Minnesota. The Isle of Minnesota? The I- No, that's not an isle. <laughs> no, I thought everything was an isle, man. Come on. It has to be floating. Damn it. There's a lot of lakes there, Kevin. There is a lot of lakes. And apparently, high-level boxing. Yes, right? yes. As Showtime actually did a montage to say, I think Espinosa, <laughs> Rat Boy, was listening to the show, right? And he was like, these motherfuckers, right, talking shit about putting this fight in Minnesota, and they do like this history of the armory, and I was like, you know what, man, this place was actually pretty cool at one point. <laughs> I didn't see that. You didn't see that? No, I didn't. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was still in Minnesota. So my opinion stands. It does. It does not change. Uh, <laughs> there's new information, new evidence <laughs> been added to the case. But Tim Zhu versus Terrell Gauchet. Um, look, it was a competitive fight, like everybody thought it was going to be. Gauchet fucking put a counter straight right, mm-hmm. right on the kisser in the first round and dropped Tim Zhu to his ass. Yeah. And, dude, I, I give Gauchet credit. I mean, he went for it. Uh, Zhu, you know, he did well recovering. I, it seemed like it was a buzzsaw shot. Like yeah. It wasn't anything that was going to cause, you know, uh, long-term damage or whatever. Look, Zhu ended up gathering himself. He put together an offensive display. He was aggressive. He put together combinations. I personally think he should have focused on the body on the first half of the fight. Yeah. He started to dig into the body in the later half of the fight. And credit to Gauchet. 
I mean, just watching the way that he was blocking, uh, he's a well-guarded fighter, mm-hmm. right? Big fucking biceps, right? Yep. And, I mean, you heard some of those shots coming off of his elbows. So, But finally, as, as time wore on, the power of, of Tim Zhu, I mean, I think all of it is real. Uh, this was a real challenge. And I think he got up off the fucking camp, uh, canvas and answered it. I don't know if it was as close on the scorecards as the judges had it. Yeah, that was a little too tight. Yeah, a little too tight. But either way, man, um, I I really enjoyed the fight for what it was. Yeah, and, and you know, before I say anything negative about Zoo, mm-hmm. there, there there's way more positives than than negatives. And his pace, his power is real. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he didn't uh, stop Gauche or drop Gauche, but he he had him hurt really bad. I think it was in the sixth round and. The ropes kind of held him up. The ref kind of jumped in. It, yeah. was, it was awkward in the corner, and it looked like that was that could have been a chance where, you know, he pounced and and, and maybe had a chance to stop the fight. You know, you, you put somebody down once, you might get him again, and it could be over. Um, but to me, it was the pace, the 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 punch output, the power. Um, pretty pretty good at cutting off the ring. Pretty good at breaking a guard. Later in the fight, he figured it out. He wasn't doing it well early. No, he was punching a lot of arms, but. <clears throat> I'll I'll say this. He's definitely a solid fighter, but he squares up an awful lot, Ken. He squares up an awful lot when he punches. He's upright when he's punching. He's in he's in range and he's wide open for right hands and he's wide open for somebody with a really good jab. Somebody with a world-class jab is going to give him major major fucking problems. And especially if he has to adjust to not coming forward, which he's been able to do in every fight so far. So there's a lot left to be seen with this dude. There's a lot to like, but there's a lot of fucking question marks, too. I, I got a lot I need to see before I'm ready to, to crown this kid. Oh Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's got to do more than this, but I think for this fight at this point in his career... Yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I think he did what he had to do. Uh, you know, And he said before the fight, you know, the main thing is he's just trying to get better with every fight. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, dude, fucking big up to Terrell Gauche. Yeah. You know he, what I mean? He he uh he, that was something I did not expect to see from him. That dude could have easily been like, ah, I'm done in like the ninth or tenth round. Yeah. No, it was it was a fucking fight. Um Tim Zhu comes out victorious. All right, Ben, let's get to news and notes. All right. So there's been a lot in the back end of this first half schedule that has been up in the air, mainly the unified heavyweight championship of the world, right? Alexander Usyk's country is under attack right now by the Ruskies. And uh, it wasn't, nobody was sure if him or Lomachenko or, you know, anybody was going to be able to come or go from the country. But apparently, um, Alexander Usyk, he has a family with three or more kids. So he didn't need a, an exemption at all. Um, he has now le- uh, departed Ukraine and begun training camp for the rematch. Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua Part 2. They're looking for a venue, but it looks like it's going to be in the back half of June. What say you? Um, I'm going to say this first. I hope that venue is not not Saudi Arabia. It will be very to me it'll be very cheap if Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn go back to Saudi Arabia to try to win their belts back. Like it's like some safe haven that they can return to. And I'm not saying they got some gift when they fought Andy Ruiz. I'm just saying on the surface, it just looks like, why are you taking this there? Like, it's not – you could make a ton of money with this rematch in the U.K. I, it, 
it would just piss me off. And, and I would say if it goes to Saudi Arabia, then you're looking to see, you know, what else is Anthony Joshua doing to give himself every advantage in this rematch? I don't, I don't want it to feel like that. You know what I mean? I, I, it belongs in the UK. That's where it fucking sells. So put it there. Don't put it in the fucking middle of a sandbox, you know, where it, whatever odd hour it's going to be over there. It just, to me, is a fucking waste. I mean, yeah. do what you got to do if they put up the money. I, I get it. But, uh, yeah, at least we know the heavyweight uh, division is moving forward with this rematch. This was my concern was that, you know, this Fury-Dillian-White fight, I know this, this ain't on topic right now, but it's the heavyweight division. <laughs> this Fury-Dillian-White fight is very, like, what's surrounding this fight is very fucking odd. Frank Warren and his lawyer going at it uh, on, on UK radio. It was fucking hilarious to listen to. I listened to it the other day. It's like seven minutes back and forth talking about contracts and all this shit. There's no tickets on sale, you know. N- nothing's like uh, there, there is tickets on sale, but there's there's no undercard. Uh, there, there's just all kinds of things up in the air with this fight, and it's like, you know what? Fuck the whole the whole division was going to be on hold, all the belts. So at least this is coming back. We're getting the belts on the line, and fucking heavyweight division can keep moving. Yeah, it just picked up fucking steam, man. Uh, look, I I totally feel you on the Saudi Arabia thing, but at the end of the day, I don't I don't really care. And no, I don't care that much. I just hate to see it. Right. But the reason I don't care is because Joshua getting knocked out. <laughs> and, 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 and it don't matter where it happens. So it can happen in Saudi Arabia. They can try to fucking get all the judges and all the advantages. I will make my prediction right here on episode 347. If Alexander Usyk versus Anthony Joshua part two takes place this summer, it ends with Usyk stopping Joshua emphatically. I would think with the motivation of what's going on in his country right now. And, and just the way he dominated yeah. him in the first fight. And, and I got to imagine, which I already thought was with Joshua, the fucking crumbling like psyche and, and self-belief in himself in the ring. Yeah, that's a fucking, that's something you're going to have to put a little money on there. I completely agree. So there's my betting advice for the year. Put everything you have on that. If you lose everything you have, which you won't, <laughs> but it's a disclaimer. I'm not responsible for you. <laughs> oh, man. But if I have ends in my bank account come yeah. time, um, it will be on Mr. Usyk by way of stoppage. Yeah, I mean, it's time to go back to that. What do we make off Crawford, uh, KO, and Port? We bet 500 to win, like, 550 or whatever. Like, it was 100 to win 550. Like five to win 10 million? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was outrageous. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Paid for everything. <laughs> And some. Yeah. <laughs> we even got the fucking Monster Super Duper Secret Burger from fucking In-N-Out Burger. We were able to furnish the wall, Ken. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you nail those boards up piece by piece? No, it's 3M stickers. <laughs> oh, man. This, this set's worth about $15.83. Hey, man. I think you're worth more than that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so the heavyweight division will keep moving. Um, but at some point in the fight, uh, Anthony Joshua will not. No. So uh, it looks like June 5th, 4th-ish, depending on the time of the fight because of the location of the fight in Australia. George Cambosis versus Devin Haney will be the first fight. It could be the only fight sh- for these two should George Cambosis win. If George Cambosis wins the fight... Devin Haney will still return on top rank and ESPN following the fight, so he's guaranteed at least two fights with ESPN and top rank. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and and 
Should he win both fights against George Cambosis, the opportunity to face Vasily Lomachenko thereafter would be the third fight in the deal. Oh, wow. This is, all of this is laid out in front of him, huh? Uh, you know how boxing is. I mean, the best laid plans of mice and... <laughs> I don't know, but um, they, 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 they don't work. No. <laughs> They, Rarely, not in boxing. No. See Andy Ruiz. Yeah, it's a bad plan. <laughs> you know, it's a bad See plan. See George Cambosis. Well, you know, George is diva now, young. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so let's back off George. All right. He did go a little diva. He, he, he was indoctrinated in the ways of the youthful lightweights. Yeah, he caught that he caught that social media bug. <laughs> I was waiting for them fingernails to show up painted. <laughs> like Anthony Bourdain said, he caught that Brooklyn strain, that hipster strain, young. <laughs> Oh, shit. Um, look, the fight, I love this fight. It's it's a contrast in styles. Devin Haney is the chosen one, right? I mean, this is the guy that we've been talking about for the last three years. I know I've said it repeatedly on the show over and over again about how this guy will be on, to- on the top of pound-for-pound lists one day, and clearly this fight is his entrance to it. Should, yeah. he, should he beat George Cambosis twice? Then, yeah, he's on a fucking pound-for-pound list where he belongs. But I also believe I did shun Sir Haney for chopping wood in his tennis shoes on top of a fucking tarp <laughs> and for painting his fingernails. Yes. So he was docked points on the cool scale. Yes. Um, there was that email, that one email, too. Oh, uh, yes. The one with the belt. Yes. Yes. So, look, there's been a lot of controversy. Most of this has been the eagerness would be a polite way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very motivated and ambitious individual. And now it's coming to pr- uh, fruition. So the way I look at it is like this. George Cambosis was so fucking prepared for that Tiafimo fight. If he's not distracted by being Michael Jackson at home right. with this rabid fan base, right, and he handles it well, he's got the tools to fucking win this fight, this is the biggest fight of Devin Haney's career. He's traveling halfway across the world. This is a guy that has been insulated his entire career. Now, this is a hell of an opportunity presented to a guy that I'll say a lot of boxing fans think this guy's been somehow held back from opportunities. And I think a lot of it has been self-inflicted, not by him, but maybe by what has been projected for earnings for him and what he's getting paid and how much it costs to put on a big fight with Devin Haney because he's just not the draw that requires that money. The talent requires that money, yeah. but the draw does not. So it's it's cost him big fights more than I think he's been shunned by by the business of boxing or whatever, and that happens to, to, to fighters. So he got this opportunity. He's, jump, he's not jumping ship to, to top rank, but he's accepting a new deal with the company. He's taking a three-fight deal, which you don't see a lot of fighters doing now, uh, to get what he thinks – will be his legacy. And I'm telling you, i got to respect the move because if he beats Cambosis twice and then comes back and beats Lomachenko, he proves to everybody that, well, you know, I was the whole time, you know, I was the best fighter at 135 pounds. And he creates a legacy by the age of 24, 25 that is um, – that's, that's a huge building block to Hall of Fame. That's a huge building block – to bigger paychecks, that's a huge building. Like, you beat Cambosis twice, then come back to America and beat Lomachenko, you will be a star. And there'll be no denying that star at that point. And you move up to 140, and the career is launched from there. Uh, I got to respect him for taking the opportunity. 
And and if he pulls this off, that is going to be, you know, like you said, you know, as much shit as we've talked about Devin Haney, I'm, the fucking guy's blocked me on Twitter. I, I have no idea why. He just, I guess he's got rabbit ears. But we've said from the beginning, this, this, ki- this kid is the most talented of this of crop of, of new young fighters. He's the most polished boxer. He's got, you know, he can take his skill set into the ring right now and compete with anybody because he's that tight of a boxer. I'd put Shakur with him too now. So, I mean, you know, the kid's set to, to prove everybody right in what they thought he was going to be. It's all out in front of him. So just go, go get it. Show me. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's all he's been doing is telling us that, that, right. that, that that's what he's going to yeah, do. That's his time. Show me. And, and and the bulk of the criticism was because everybody knew that your first championship was fucking bullshit. Well, it's just annoying when you say everybody's ducking you. It's not everybody's ducking you. It's just the business sh- aspect of it is not fucking lining up for you right now. But, but look what just happened. Wow. It could not fucking line up any better for a 23-year-old. And so it'll be a magical vacation down under. <laughs> yeah. Right? Could could be a fucking costly one. Could be. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he beats him pretty handily. But Vin likes to root for the American fighters. He's a real American hero, <laughs> a patriot over here. You know, Hulk Hogan fan, baby. That's right. I like George. I do. I just like his toughness. You know, I think that he is going to make life on Devin Haney miserable. And if Devin Haney has brain fart. In the middle of the fight. Oh, yeah. Which he has been known to make some tactical decisions in fights that are questionable. And none of it is, you know, he's gotten clipped a few times. Cambosis has enough power to rock this kid's world. I'll tell you who Devin Haney doesn't need to be listening to in his corner, and that's Ben Davison. <laughs> Don't faint. <laughs> Throw some fucking punches because I'm guessing Cambosis is, is coming to your kitchen and going to make it rough. Kind of kind of a la uh, Horn Pacquiao. Like, he's going to go for it. And make it hard for the judges to not give him a round based on aggression. Do not sit back in this fight. That's what I'm worried about with Haney, though. Does, is, does he have the physicality to fight in a fight like that? I've seen, him, I've seen him in fight, and he's okay, but he's not. Like, Cambosis is a strong-ass man. And Cambosis is quick. He's sneaky quick. He can rip shots, man. I mean, I'm, I'm always impressed when I see him either hitting mitts or hitting the bag. He, his, his punches are snappier than you, than you think, and I think he... He shocks guys a little bit like he shocked Lopez in the first fucking round with that knockdown. Yeah, which is why this fight is is so compelling, yeah. you know? And 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 it is. It's like even for the critics of Devin Haney's path. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a breath of fresh air cuz it's like finally, man. I mean, look, Co- puts the bet undisputed. No, but yeah. No, but yeah. <laughs> but most likely no. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I I I think that this is a really good fight and if if Devin Haney can show that he can take his physicality, that that in a way he mans up in this fight, right? Yeah. He, he doesn't shy away from the contact. If he skates this fight, dude, it's going to be a horrible look in Australia. I don't think that's going to fly with the judges down there. No, I'm telling <laughs> you, he's going to have to yeah. engage. Yes, this is going to ha- this is going to be the fight of his life, and he's going to have to throw more punches and work harder than he's ever done in any fight by a long shot. Uh, blood flow. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. going to be there. It will be. All right, Vin. Well, are there any more topics on today's show? Are you kidding me? We're, we, we're going to touch on T.O. and T.O. Sr. here. Oh, T.O. Yeah, T.O. is touched. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with these two morons? Uh, they're... I mean, I don't mean to speak ill on these dudes, but 
They what got, they're they're are they losing their minds? They, like I think they're seriously fucked up. I think they took some good hallucinogens. Like I don't even. I used to think it was a bit. It, I don't think it's a bit. <laughs> I think that I'm smarter than both of them, and that's really fucking bad. I don't know. We can put a poll up. <laughs> <laughs> See what everybody thinks about that. <laughs> I'd probably lose, but in my own mind. <laughs> well, I feel you. You know that's what we do on the show. You know. <laughs> This is a look into our minds. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, what's Tio's coming out saying that, you know, this whole Devin Haney, like the, uh, he, he interrupts a fight hype interview with, with uh, Mark Kriegel and just butts in and the interviewer just goes right to Tio because he knows this guy's going to give you gold. Right. And, and he certainly goes right into it. I mean, just ask him right about like, what do you think about Haney Cambosis? And he's just like, oh man, fuck that fight, man. It's like. What? what? <laughs> You're not at 135 anymore. You give a fuck. And then, then he kind of asks him a second time, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good fight for Devin. You know, it's a good fight. And he's like, you know, who you think's going to win? He's like, oh, Devin, it's already set up. It's already done. You know why you think they put me on the zone? They already wanted Devin. It's all been a setup to make Devin undisputed. And I wanted the uh, reporter to ask next, wait, wait, I thought you were undisputed. <laughs> You claimed you were undisputed, motherfucker. You, what are you talking about? Right. So, you know, it's just they're, they're losing their fucking minds. And and what the funniest part about the interview is Kriegel's, like, standing there at first. And the more cringy fucking Lopez gets, you just see Kriegel like, all right, motherfucker, see you later. <laughs> creeps, out the, creeps out the back door <laughs> real quick. And, dude, and, and his daddy, I mean, I... I can't even remember the crazy shit he was saying ringside with a, uh, another uh, fight hype interview, I believe. Like three minutes of excuses and then closes with, but, you know, we're not here to make excuses. This Brooklyn, baby, you know. It's like this guy, man. Get this fucking guy off my fucking screen. <laughs> That's all you got to do is, is it's your mic drop moment on every conversation. Brooklyn, baby. It's Brooklyn, baby. We out. <laughs> it's like, get this fucking joker out of here, man. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like a really, really whack WWF character. Yeah. yeah you know? It's like the Brooklyn Brawler is like a drunk 60-year-old. <laughs> That's what it seems like. <laughs> this is my boy. you going to fuck you up. Where's my beer? <laughs> oh, having Tio fight in the streets when he's a little kid. Yeah. Oh. I just, I feel bad for him at this point, man, because I, it's coming off sad as shit, dude. It really is. Like, yeah. is this kid's psyche at the age of 23, 24 done? Well, is he done as a fighter? All these guys are have, have had really brittle psyches, which is, at least they've shown moments of it, which is why I'm like, you know what? Like, Cambosis is the adult in this equation, so... Yeah, you, you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Sugar Ray Leonard had coke problems in his mid-20s, so, you know, it happens. But, <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. <laughs> it, it does go through all generations now that I'm thinking about it. It does make... It's just different. These This is just different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's wrong with this dude? What's going on? Uh... Well, like I said to open, he touched. <laughs> he touched her. <laughs> yeah. I uh, got touched up by uh, George Cambosis. Uh, yeah. George Cambosis and Devin Haney are going to do the waltz in uh, the aisle. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking here through BoxingScene.com, and I'm not seeing anything of note that I'd like to talk about further. Nah, but, but uh, what, starting next week, we got, I mean... 
Dude. Oh, dude. The next three months is going to be like, I got to actually pay attention and do some work and shit. I'm going to actually have to polish my dick for the next <laughs> episode, young. You know what I'm saying? We we doing that joint remote player? <laughs> trying to see that sword. Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like uh, Brandon Triple G in that thing this week. <laughs> hey, don't poke the bear, man. <laughs> Uh, At least one G, anyways. Oh, uh, plenty uh, of room for that. <laughs> <laughs> we just call him G these days, anyways. So fuck it. That's right. <laughs> Big G, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. We got Golovka Murata. We got the return of Lil G Garcia, Rye Guy. Yep, yep. Coming back to the ring um, to grace us with his presence, and then, dude, one of the great fucking matchups that you'll ever see in the ring: Sebastian Fundora v- versus. Uh, Erickson Lubin in a fucking clash of styles. But, dude, if you all have not seen Sebastian Fundora fight, tune in and watch that Erickson Lubin fight. Because I'm telling you right now, it's not only going to be a good fight, but Fundora is fucking fun to watch. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a ton of punches thrown in that. Lubin's going to be looking to end it with power shots. That's going to be a just an unbelievable style matchup. Dude, that's a fucking solid week we got coming up. Yeah. That's a real solid week. Look, the show gets better. We talk more boxing. The silliness is, it's like a pinch of fine Himalayan salt, right? In the right amount, it's perfect. (laughs) But if you put just too much, it's awful. Yeah, it's like, damn, they spread a lot of mayo on this show, these white boys. (laughs) (laughs) Miracle whip, young. (laughs) Miracle whip. Um, Yeah, but when, uh, when the fights line up like this, man, it's heating up. And look. This is great, right? Mm-hmm. And we know it'll slow down in the middle of the summer, and then it'll pick back up, and hopefully some of these guys will fight for a second time. So let's keep it in perspective. We'll wank. We'll shed skin over it. There's no doubt about it. But it's still boxing, and I'm guaranteeing a few fights and potentially one of the biggest involving a muffin sludge and uh, an- another guy <laughs> looks like <laughs> just like him right fury and white maybe the tip of the iceberg maybe son maybe we'll see about that one ain't gonna be creating no icebergs <laughs> <laughs> tell you what dylan be pushing furry in the water they're <laughs> gonna be a motherfucking tsunami <laughs> Oh, man. Um, All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 347 of the Boxing Ramp Podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do so on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in particular. Rate and review. We appreciate that. Um, We appreciate it so much that thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) It's it's, it's genuine. It is. Yeah. It's from the bottom of my heart. Heartfelt. It is. Um, just like, well, <laughs> some, of the, some of our reviews are very passionate. Oh, I love them. <laughs> Extremely passionate. I would say even radically passionate, so pipe down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Uh, we dish it. We take it. We appreciate ratings and reviews of all shapes and sizes. Follow us on Twitter, at Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. Subscribe on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Get this shit in fucking full color. <laughs> Okay, right? Yeah. Ken and Vin in living color. Um, it's episode 347 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We'll see you next time. And uh, support this motherfucking show. Patreon.com backslash Boxing Rant. For Vin, I'm Ken. We help you.
but I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can.